60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network, this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back. The Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. Hope everyone is having a very happy holiday season. Split crew for you today. I'm Chad Withrow. I'm coming to you live from my in-laws basement in Nebraska. Jonathan Hutton is still in the mid-state right now in the great state of Tennessee. And that's what we talk every week on this podcast, the great state of Tennessee. Vols, Titans, every single week. Hutton, I hope you had a happy holiday. Chad, I did. Uh, it was gr- a great weekend with family and friends. And I, I know you you had the same, at least while you were here in, in Middle Tennessee. And then I, I noticed on Twitter that your, your flight was canceled and you just finished, literally just finished, a 13-hour-plus trek to Nebraska in the snow. And I'm not sure how you did it other than you had a great ride from Two Rivers Ford and that Ford Explorer that you recently purchased. Thank God for Two Rivers Ford and that Ford Explorer, Hutton. You're no doubt about that. Wife woke me up at 4 a.m. the day after Christmas. I had Christmas with a family uh, in, in Mount Juliet in Wilson County. Woke up at 4 a.m. to my wife saying that our flight on Southwest has been canceled. We were supposed to wake up at 5 a.m., head to the airport at 6 for a 745 flight. Instead, the flight got canceled. So we had two options, one of which I told Angie was, we don't go, which I was kind of joking as I said that. The other option was, I just get up, shower, we wake the, we wake the girls up, load them in the car, and leave. We left by 5.10 a.m. after getting up at 4 and loading up the car, arrived in Nebraska at our destination around 7.15 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, and that was a very quick trip to drive it the whole way. We had very quick stops, drove through snow the first part of the drive, and Hutton, I am not making it through the snow, through the cold, through the conditions, through a very bleak Midwest on the entire drive without my friends at Two Rivers Ford. And they want to remind you right now that in-stock inventory is back at Two Rivers Ford Truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all year have finally made it onto the lot. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them all in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, so you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. always like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Great people, and you're in great hands when you deal with them. So go online at tworiversford.com or call them at 1-800-900-1000 or go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Julia. But whatever you do, do it fast before the in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, I mean this in all sincerity. I would have rather driven the 13, 14 hours to Nebraska in the snow and the cold then sit through that Titans performance on Christmas Eve in single-digit temperatures against the Houston Texans. This is a Titans loss to a one-win team with a two-quarterback system. Five straight losses, Hutton. Things aren't great for the Titans right now. They're awful right now, Chad. They're, they're in a tailspin, and they're getting, they're getting close to the crash landing. It will all be over soon. You know That's the feeling and the mantra right now. That uh, that Nashville and, and Titans fans across the Mid South have. Look, let, you mentioned the five game losing streak. Let, let's discuss that briefly and how improbable this was. It's tied for the fourth longest losing streak in the NFL this season. The longer streaks, Houston had lost nine straight. They're awful. The streak ended with the Titans victory um, over the Titans here in Nashville over Christmas weekend. Chicago is in the middle of eight straight. They were never close to a playoff team. The Rams have lost six straight, and that's it. That's the list. Then there's the Titans. They potentially, and I think will, have a, uh, a six-game losing streak, and then you start looking ahead to week 18 in a, a win-and-in conversation and, and, and uh, the, the what's at stake against the Jags. Look, the, the, the Titans were – it depends on how you look at things. I look at – I'm more of a realist with this. But the truth is, the Titans were one play away from being 6-1. and one. They missed a field goal against the Giants. They were two plays away from being 9-1. and one. 
And to be fair, there were also two to three plays away from being three and seven or four and six, but that's the league. And this was a team that was making those plays to get to seven and three. This was a team that went to Green Bay. I mean, it, Green Bay feels like yesterday. It doesn't feel like two months ago. This was a team that went to Green Bay and looked like they had really righted some wrongs offensively to pair with what was a solid and, and albeit still solid defense, regardless of who they're playing. And it was a team that defensively held nine of 10 teams to 22 or fewer points. And it's, it can be pointed to, Chad, on injuries, and we can point to uh, play calling and the fact that Malik Willis is awful and all these different things. All that's true. But they have not been able to sustain any drives, penalties, poor offensive line play. Willis at quarterback is a great example this past week. Really bad wide receiving core. Henry's fumbles, which completely changed momentum from their best player. They, they have, in the, in the losing streak, 11 red zone drives, which is a very low number, very low number. Only Arizona and Denver have fewer red zone drives since week 11. And here are the Titans staring at a, a situation where they could go winless over their final seven games and have nothing to show for what was a window of opportunity when the season kicked off. And the, the real takeaway from all of this is you get a chance to look at Malik Willis. And I do not want to talk about Malik Willis and what we saw in this game to see if he's got any possibility of being the future guy for the Titans. I haven't seen it so far, but we'll discuss Mike Vrabel made some comments, Hutton, and um, I know he's speaking in generalities, and it's difficult to just look at a team and get inside someone's head and their heart and find out what they're they're interested in. But I watch this team play, and I can only see what I see on, on game days. Um, this team does not look particularly locked in or excited about playing football. And I really – that was the, the thought I kept coming back to watching that game on Christmas Eve over and over. This team doesn't really care right now. They want to get to the offseason. I agree with you. And that's shocking considering the mantra of the team and how we would describe a Mike Vrabel-coached football team. And it's why two weeks ago here on the Power Hour, we discussed how this was the toughest coaching stretch of Vrabel's career as a head coach here in Nashville. And – it's why a month ago we discussed why the timing of the firing of John Robinson and the comments made 70-plus hours later by their ownership and controlling owner Amy, Amy Armstrong, why it didn't make sense. Because the team has, has to me, they, they have carried the mentality of ownership, which is they're not that good, and it's time to prepare for the new regime and the rebuild. Houston had 15 first downs. They had 10 points in the first three quarters. And it was a lifeless Titans team in the second half. It's a Titans defense that led the league in scoring during a, a two-month period this year, Chad. And they know that unless they're really good, like they're already really good in scoring, unless they're shutting the team out, they're not winning the game. And I think it's pretty evident from a team that doesn't point fingers, everyone knows. For, this is the example of a locker room. People often think like, oh, Vrabel's calling out his team. Vrabel's not saying anything that he hasn't already said to his players. Trust me. The players know. The, they know whether or not they're good or bad. And this team knows they're bad. This team knows that they don't line up and win games like they did midway through the season. This isn't, we're not discussing last year's team. We're discussing this year's team and comparing it in what feels like two completely different seasons. And that's what's just so odd about 2022 and the season of the Tennessee Titans. Got a couple minutes here, Hutton. Let's talk about Malik Willis. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to take two minutes to discuss his performance. Yeah. There's just not much there. There's not much they trust him with. And there's not much you can really dissect with him because the offensive line is terrible. His receiving options are terrible. I'm not sure what he's supposed to do out there at times, but he's really not making much of the opportunity he has either. Every throwing down is chaotic. You know, nothing, nothing is easy with Malik Willis at quarterback. Why they don't run him more is beyond me. That's his true weapon, his legs. We saw that on a great touchdown run. Yes, yes, 14-yard touchdown run. But what they've done is they have stripped him of the mentality of his best weapon. And they have forced him to stay in the pocket as much as possible and throw the football. I get it. In order to be 
a great quarterback in the league, you've got to be able to do that. But this year, um, with the circumstances being what they are, where they just need to win a game, run him. And they haven't been doing that. Chad, it's, it's tough to truly evaluate him because of the offensive line. But this goes back more than just a couple of games. This goes back to training camp in the preseason where we knew he was not ready. A true developmental quarterback. And that continues. It's not like the Tennessee Vols, which we're going to talk about later. It's not like you're going to have a true evaluation of your next quarterback. Uh, right now, Malik Willis is not that guy. Yeah, and we're, here's what we're going to do in the next segment, Talking Titans. We're going to avoid any talk about the Cowboys because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Right. The, the game does not matter one bit. We're going to point our attention towards Jacksonville in the season finale because that is now a win and end scenario for either team into the playoffs. That's coming up next. We'll talk balls a little bit later as well. The Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Four today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton if you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering my friends at edley's barbecue have you covered they've been voted nashville's best barbecue four years in a row but i vouch for their nashville style barbecue far longer from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings rehearsal dinners and holiday gatherings your neighborhood edley's barbecue location is where to turn edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue Order at edleysbbq.com. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. And we're back, Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Hey, it's the holiday season. We're all going to imbibe a bit. Grab you some Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, perfect to warm up your holiday as we live in an igloo. Whether you're in Nebraska like I am, where it's single digits right now, with a wind chill below zero, or you're in Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee where the weather may be warming up a bit over the holiday week, doesn't matter. You still want to warm yourself up with some of that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey. Always delicious. And Hutton, always easily chased by some delicious, authentic, Tennessee barbecue. Edley's barbecue and authentic to all things Tennessee and a tribute to all things Southern. Their meat at Edley's smoked low and slow, made from scratch, side dishes. You asked, they listen. Edley's now serving brisket all day long and they use the, the highest quality meats. They smoke their meats in-house daily. Edley's is great for catering. They are great for tailgating. They are great for parties at the office and beyond. And They've got great event spaces at many of their locations. At least, more importantly, though, Chad, they have a neighborhood feel. They are a tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue. 
You can find out more information and check them out across the state at all of their locations, edleysbbq.com. So much of a neighborhood feel, Hutton, I, I, I kid you not. Last week, I was in an Edley's location in Donaldson, and in walks Will Newman, the owner. Yes. Checking things out, having lunch, and I had a chance to see him and chat with him. Uh, a Great definite, family. Definite neighborhood family feel you're going to get at Edley's, so definitely check it out. Hutton, it does not matter this week for the Titans and what happens. It matters a week from now in Jacksonville. And what they need more than anything else is health going into this game to have any chance against Jacksonville. Yes, and it's not like they're going to have a lot of health. But what they've got to do is maintain what who they have, the important pieces. You know, I don't I don't think it's any um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Let me say that Henry pops up on the injury report on a short week with a hip problem. Okay, like I'm sure he's he's been battered and bruised throughout the year, but we haven't seen seen him on the injury report. He's been getting his normal rest, but on a short week, there's no reason to run Derrick Henry, and you get him ready for Jacksonville. Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, um, Burks, who's been in and out of the lineup due to injury. I would ensure that whoever their their core group of guys are I would make sure that they go to Jacksonville with the best group possible now Malik Willis needs reps there's no doubt about that their offensive line is already bad so it's not like you rest poor talent poor players in order to keep them healthy in a, in a must-win game in Jacksonville but I, I would say this and I, I know you buy into this too Chad I Malik Willis can't throw the football I, I would get Josh Dobbs some reps in real time to ensure that if Ryan Tannehill, with, if a Christmas miracle, as Chad claps, yeah. yes. if a Christmas yeah. miracle doesn't happen, a New, Year's, uh, a New Year's wish, a resolution doesn't happen where Tannehill miraculously makes it back from that ankle surgery, which I don't think he will, um, that you have a guy that can come into the game and throw a pass to Traylon Burks, to Chigakonkwo, to Austin Hooper, to Robert Woods. Because on passing downs, and there are plenty of those because the offensive line is getting plenty of penalties, when it's, when it's second and third and pass, the Titans are hopeless right now with their rookie quarterback. I'm not saying Dobbs is you know, the greatest thing that, uh, for a backup QB, but he's not Malik Willis bad when it comes to throwing the football. I, I would make sure he's in tune with what he knows and what he doesn't know about this Todd Downing offense and use that to their advantage whenever they go to Jacksonville in a, a must-win scenario. They're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. It can't just be Henry. It needs to be a lot of Henry, but it can't just be Derrick Henry. It's got to come on the arm of the QB. Jacksonville, they're getting that play from Trevor Lawrence. The Titans aren't getting any plays in the pass game right now. Yeah, look, Josh Dobbs is not an NFL starting quarterback. He's a good backup for a team. But the bottom line is, I completely agree with you. I, I believe right now Josh Dobbs gives you a better chance to win in that win and end game against Jacksonville. So how do you help him? Get him some reps and see what he can do and then give him more reps in the game against Jacksonville because I think that's their best chance to win the game. I, I agree. But honestly, Chad, it may not even matter. It really may yeah. not matter because Jacksonville's playing at such a high level right now. They're peaking at the right time. Meanwhile, the Titans have been in this complete downfall where it's a completely opposite mindset for where Jacksonville was to begin the season versus where the Titans are right now. So you mentioned Jacksonville. That's one of the teams we saw over this past weekend playing on Thursday night and getting the win against the Jets. Hutton, what, what are you – you know, we're all sitting around watching football all weekend. What's the big takeaway when you watch the rest of the NFL play offense versus the Titans offense right now? I think offense as a whole has been very average this year in the yeah. league good plays bad plays so let me preface everything by that the titans are on the you know the very bad end and there are some really solid offenses as well that are on the far end of this but i'm watching dolphins packers and i'm struck by how easily both of those teams gain chunk yards wide receivers have 402 catches of at least 30 yards or more this season across the league and a side note here is this is an area where A.J. Brown was extremely special. He had 10 catches of 30 or more already this year in Philadelphia. He had 21 in his three seasons with the Titans of 30 or more yards. 
But this season, the Titans only have seven of those plays. A very low number, obviously, compared to the rest of the league. And that's what's um, key and where I'm really focused on going into the offseason for this team. Traylon Burks only has three. Two of those big chunk yard plays for him came in week 11 against Green Bay and then another one against Cincinnati. Nick Westbrook Aquino has two. Um, against one of those uh, against Denver in week 10. Robert Woods has two, and that came in the Green Bay game. So that means in the Titans, seven of their seven most explosive plays of the season from wide receivers, one came in week 10, two came in week 11, one came in week 12, and only two other times all season, aside from those games, have they hit explosive plays to that, to that level from a wide receiver. It is just glaring to me where the Titans have really fallen off. And just real quick, just look at the, the, the start of the game to the end of the game for how this Titans offense works. 11 first quarter touchdowns. They got another one this past week against Houston. 11 first quarter offensive touchdowns for the Tennessee Titans. That is tied for the most in the NFL with Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Detroit. And in the fourth quarter, they have three. Three offensive touchdowns that is four fewer than the second worst team in that category. That's not just injury. That's not just quarterback play. That has to do with scheme. And I, I, I don't know why we, it's almost shunned within the Titans organization that we can't address the Todd Downing issue when it comes to watching offenses around the league compared to the Tennessee Titans group. It's crazy to me. And I'm having this discussion with my brother at Christmas, at a Christmas celebration. And he says, so Todd Downing's going to get fired because of that DUI, right? And I responded and said, he's not going to get fired because of the DUI. He's going to get fired because he's really bad at his job. And his performance yeah. has been terrible. Um, when you see this Titans offense, I mean, we just got into what the rest of the league looks like. But how hard is it? Rex Ryan is ranting about it. Give the ball to Derrick Henry and get out of the way. That's your only chance to have success on offense. And I feel like Todd Downing repeatedly can't get out of his own way. Well, especially on downs where it's obvious that they're going to him. Uh, third and two, give it to 22. I, I don't understand why even on third and short yardage, extremely short yardage, um, we sometimes see Derrick Henry on the sideline. Henry ranks second in the NFL in rushing. He's 110 yards as we take this behind Josh Jacobs for the most in the league. Derrick Henry, let me repeat this, Derrick Henry can win the NFL rushing title in 2022. And they're seven and eight overall as Chad and I record this podcast. He has 13 touchdowns, the most in the league among running backs. He's caught 32 passes for nearly 400 yards. That pushes his, him over 1,800 total yards for the season. So he can go over 2,000 total yards for the second time in his career this year. And there's still moments where I scratch my head and go, why are they not giving him the ball more? We've seen at least one play of 30 or more yards from Henry each of the last three weeks. And the Titans are 4-4 four and four this season when he's rushed for 100 or more yards. That to me, that's a sign that they're not going to him enough in crucial moments. Now, he has a fumbling issue. And that he has, for whatever happened against Houston, Derrick Henry's fumble and Zach Cunningham's dropped interception completely changed that game. They win that game if not for those two, those two plays from two of their highest paid players. But when, in, in the crunch time, in the second half, where they've got to make a play, this offense has been atrocious, and it starts from the sideline where the play call is entered to the quarterback, and it comes down to execution. But it also comes down to who are you asking to execute the play? And more times than not this year, they're not going enough to Derrick Henry. Hutton, we got a lot of Vols talk to get into yes. in the next few segments. And, and one thing I'm going to bring up is I, I think it's ridiculous that we can't criticize Jeremy Banks for the close to his career. And uh, I want to talk at length about that, plus a full Orange Bowl preview for those actually playing in the Orange Bowl. That's coming up next. It's Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. 
Head to GreenbriarDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's Hutton. get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at edley's barbecue you've got options wings in 25 or 50 count platters smoke pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style edley's is perfect on game day or for take home edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue order at edleysbbq.com this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. It is game week. The Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, rolls on on this great radio partner and across the Outkick Network. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Tennessee and Clemson, we finally get to game day. And Chad, as we begin our preview of the Tigers and the Vols, we want to send out a big thank you to Regal Realty Group. They've been on board with us when we talk Vols here on the Power Hour each and every week, all fall, all winter, all football season long. Regal Realty Group, Hunter Briley, Richard Van Clive, two of my good buddies, excited to partner with them throughout this first season of the Tennessee Power Hour. Known these guys for a long time. Them and their agents, it's very simple. Regal Realty Group, they're good people that want to work with good people. They want to include you in their network. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. You can hit them up online at regalrg.com. They can walk you through the process, show you how they can make life easier on you if you are buying or selling. regalrg.com is the website. And a big thanks and a happy holidays to our friends at Regal Realty Group. Chad, we we see the matchup we wanted whenever we were trying to predict where Tennessee would go after their loss to South Carolina. And it's refreshing. We We get to watch Clemson take on a team that's not named Alabama, right? So um, I'm, I'm eager to see how this Tennessee offense with Joe Milton matches up against the Clemson defense. And I think, Hutton, the biggest matchup in this game for Tennessee is going to be along the offensive line against the front of Clemson. Now, Joe Milton is the biggest storyline in this game and how he plays, but Darnell Wright's going to play. He's going to go into the draft afterward, but he's playing in this game. Tennessee's offensive line should be completely healthy. Tennessee's running back group should be completely healthy. They have to run the football and run it well to have a chance to beat Clemson in this game. Joe Milton is not just going to pick them apart through the air. Um, This Clemson defense allows 101 yards on the ground. K.J. Henry, Tyler Davis, Brian Breesey, those are the names to watch on the defensive line with Miles Murphy stepping out of this game and opting out. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is their linebacker, leading tackler, great against the run. Tennessee against Vanderbilt, if you notice, I know rain and the weather was a part of this, but didn't really ask Joe Milton to do a ton. Didn't run it at all. He had the one big shot play on the second play of the game. But outside of that, they ran it all over Vanderbilt. And that's how they're going to have to have success in this game, too. They're going to take their shots. They're going to need to win some one-on-ones. It's going to be more difficult without Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. 
But Brew McCoy and Ramel Keaton and Squirrel White, those guys are capable of making guys miss one-on-one or getting deep past the defense. Joe Milton's going to have to connect. But if you ask me what is the key in this game, and it sounds very cliche, but it is absolutely winning up front or at least not getting beat up front by a great Clemson front. They need to run the football. They need to run it on first down. They need to get positive gains on first down to get their tempo going. Once that tempo gets going, I think they can affect this Clemson defense. But, again, it's a defense that only allows 101 yards on the ground per game. Um, But Tennessee's healthy there. They're going to get guys back healthy. They've got a full complement of running backs and offensive linemen. I think that's where Tennessee needs to win this football game. Chad, I want to spend 60 seconds more on the offense from the Milton perspective because here's what I fear in this game. I fear – we see very average play and we don't really have a clear picture of Milton next level versus where he is now versus preseason of this year, right? It's been very up and down at times whenever we've actually seen him and Hooker's injury allowed us to realize that if he comes out and plays amazing, that's outstanding for Tennessee going to the off season. If not, how can you not question where this offense and where this team will be a year from now at this same exact time? Yeah, it's uh, you want to see something you know really good or really bad. I think to really make a determination. Right. I know what you're saying. I think back even to that pit game where he got hurt and ended up losing his job to Hendon Hooker. Yeah, it wasn't all bad. I mean, he had two or three overthrows that would have been touchdowns. He had a 75 yard run in that first half. Also, he didn't turn the ball over, um, so it wasn't terrible. He just missed some guys down the field where he couldn't connect. Um, you know, I was kind of joking with with some family over Christmas break. Tennessee released that video of him throwing an orange 100 yards in advance of the Orange Bowl, and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. incredible to watch. It splatters up against a brick wall at 100 yards when he throws the uh, orange. But I'm joking with my friends on a, on a group text, in fact, and I say, now show me 20 yards with touch, with the orange or anything else. That, that's what you got to see. With Joe Milton, we, we've seen the arm. We know the guy can throw it 100 miles per hour and as far as he wants, but he's got to be able to layer his passes. He's got to be able to show that he's got the ability to, to drop it in a bucket occasionally, to put a little loft on the ball, the touch on the ball. Uh, he hasn't been able to do that. Need to see some of that. I need to see him run in this game also. That, that's that's going to be another key. But, no, I, I'm with you. The good news for Tennessee is we'll get into some recruiting stuff later they got a five-star quarterback in, in Nico that's going to be on the sideline for this game that's practicing with them now. That's a pretty good alternative if it goes really south, even in year one for Nico. Tennessee's defense will be facing a similar situation where Clemson is getting a great look at the future at quarterback in Klubnik and, and their their offense in general. What What's the key matchup you're watching for in that regard? You know, I was, I was astonished to see with so much talk of, of Cade Klubnik this year, and, and, you know, Clemson fans wanting him to play for DJ, and he should have been, I think, more of this season. And he did play. But he only threw for 377 yards, two touchdowns and interceptions. not like he's been tested a lot. Played a lot in that North Carolina game in the ACC championship, but still very little experience. Tennessee defensively, you can't let Will Shipley take over in this game at running back. you got to test Klubnik. Now, he may go, um, you know, Spencer Rattler in this game, and go off, but I need to see that if you're Tennessee. Light him up. Tim Banks loves to call blitz. You've got Byron Young playing in this game and going pro afterwards, but he's going to play. Byron Young is playing in this game because he wants to show himself off to, to, to scouts. L- let him loose. Make Put Klubnik in un- un- uncomfortable situations where he needs to make really quick decisions. I think that's a key. If there's one focal point for Tennessee's defense, it is test Klubnik time and time again. Make him make the difficult throw or the quick read on a blitz and heat him up throughout the game. You just can't let Will Shipley and the running backs for for Clemson take over. Opt-outs make bowl season so difficult to predict. But there's an opt-out, Chad, that you're willing to say what no one else is wanting or willing to say about a player for the Vols who has decided to end his Tennessee career by not playing in the Orange Bowl. You know, I wanted to save it for this podcast. I didn't tweet anything about this. I haven't tweeted anything good, bad, or indifferent about Jeremy Banks since he made that announcement on Christmas Eve, by the way, Christmas Eve night, that not only is he going to, you know, he's 
he's going to get ready for the draft, but he's not going to play in this game, which is at that point six days away. Um, it's a terribly disappointing ending for a guy who played some really good football for Tennessee and did a good job of coming back from the depths of being seen on video cursing at Knoxville Police Department officers. And the, the video that includes Jeremy Pruitt getting called in the middle of the night and talking to the cops and vouching for him. And he owes Jeremy Pruitt a big thank you for sticking with him and fighting for him that entire time. Was a running back, moved to linebacker, and had a good career at linebacker. You know, racked up a lot of tackles. But in Tennessee's best year of the last 20 years, with two games left and a shot at the playoff on the line, he didn't make the trip to South Carolina. And I don't know what the heck happened that he didn't make the trip. I've heard a lot of different things. But the bottom line is he could have played, he was healthy, and they saw fit not to bring him, or he saw fit not to go to South Carolina, and they got lit up, and they lost. And now in an Orange Bowl, in a New Year's Six game, in your final game in Tennessee Orange, you're going to opt out, and you're a projected undrafted free agent or seventh rounder? I had to look up and say, is this guy even going to get drafted? He, he might not. And you're opting out? Really? I'm going to say what no media member either has the courage to say or will just say out loud. It's terribly disappointing. And if we can praise guys for playing in these games at times, I'm fine ripping guys that make decisions like this. Jalen Hyde is one thing as a first-round pick. Darnell Wright is a probable second-round pick, and he's playing in this game. If Tennessee wants to get to the Alabama level, they got to weed out the Jeremy Banks, quite frankly, because Will Anderson and Bryce Young are playing in a Sugar Bowl. That's a culture thing. That's a Nick Saban thing. And the fact that Tennessee's defensive leader that is very important to this team is not playing, and I, I will get to pr pr predictions later, I think it's going to cost them big time in this game defensively. Tennessee fans have a right to be a little bit upset and disappointed in that. I'm not saying attack the guy on social media or call him bad names or any of that, but you have every right to be disappointed in that decision. It's a terribly disappointing ending to an otherwise good career at Tennessee. Well said, and you're right. You're What you just said I have not heard in regards to Jeremy Banks, and it doesn't compare to the other players who have opted out based on where his draft status currently is. Coming up, we will dive into the recruiting class so far, the big takeaways for the Vols, and we'll give our prediction of Clemson and Tennessee on the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get, Get you some, some Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. 
We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Happy holidays, happy new year from all of us here at OutKick and across the OutKick network from OutKick 360. I'm Jonathan Hutton with Chad Withrow. This is the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Drink responsibly. Previewing the Vols and Tigers coming up, Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. We'll give our predictions in just a, a few minutes. Chad, let, let's turn our attention, though, to the recruiting week that was and the, the close to what was the early signing period for the Tennessee Vols. They finished fifth in the SEC for the second straight year in recruiting. Is that good enough to win the conference? I don't think it is. And, you know, with, with anyone else, you'd say, well, fifth means that, you know, they're likely going to finish fifth. But with Tennessee's offensive system, they've shown they can take lesser players and get huge production and win some games they probably shouldn't. Tennessee probably should not be beating Alabama in year two under Josh Heupel, as an example. Uh, they should not be beating LSU the way they did. They do that because their offensive system is, quite frankly, superior to a lot of offensive systems in, in the SEC. Um, but I don't know that fifth is going to ultimately cut it. This is back-to-back years they finished fifth. A year ago, Hutton, it was A&M, Bama, Georgia, LSU that finished ahead of them. This year... It's Bama, Georgia, LSU again, and now Florida with Billy Napier. Now, Florida is a weird circumstance because they got a lot of guys leaving, and it seems like a complete blow it up and rebuild it type situation. So Tennessee may remain ahead of Florida for the next year or two after beating them this year. Bama and Georgia, though, obviously not going anywhere. Tennessee plays Bama and Georgia every year. You've got to at least give yourself a chance. I think probably finishing in the top 15 nationally both years will give you talent to a level where you can at least compete with both of those teams because of the offense. But I don't think anybody's going to be picking Tennessee to win the, the, the SEC anytime soon. And here's what's really disturbing about it. When you factor in Oklahoma and Texas, who's coming in the league, Tennessee's seventh in recruiting because those both those teams are top five the last two years, top five or top ten, ahead of Tennessee in the recruiting rankings. Now, we could sit and argue, well, what's the difference between 12th and 8th? or 15th and 11th, which Tennessee was a year ago, probably not that big of a gap. But I think to give themselves a chance at winning a conference championship, they're going to need to have a Bama or Georgia-type recruiting year at least once. They're going to need to have a year where they go for broke and finish first or second nationally and keep that class together. This, these are good classes. We're going to get to some of the highlights of the class. It's a very good class. I'm not poo-pooing what Josh Heupel and his his staff has done with this class. I'm simply saying if you're going to expect Tennessee to win a conference championship at any point, they need to finish first or second in the country one of these years. It's going to have to happen at some point. You mentioned going for broke. Tennessee would have the ability to do that with Spire, uh, who yep. we know well. Uh, NIL has changed things, and so has the transfer portal. So, you know, who knows with all these rankings where guys actually end up. But – Based on this class, I know you have four players in particular, Chad, that are your favorites of what Heupel and company have brought to Knoxville. Who stands out to you based on the news about who selected Tennessee? One quick thing on being able to go for broke, which Tennessee can. They're very sophisticated in terms of, of NIL and the Spire Collective and what they've been able to do. They've been on the front line of everything going on with that. But it can't just be about money. I really think Texas A&M is a cautionary tale. They're losing so much of that dra- of that recruiting class. I said draft class because it does feel professional of their recruiting class because I think for so many of them, it was simply about the highest bid and about money, and you can't have that. Um, I remember we had Tom Luganbill on Outkick 360, and he mentioned, the, you know, let's look at why guys are going there. Like if you end up with the wrong five stars that aren't as concerned with winning – and getting and getting better as a player, and more concerned about well, they're going to pay me fifty thousand more dollars. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um, so Tennessee needs to be able to compete 
and maybe offer more time to time than other top programs. But with the guys they get, it can't just be about money. So that's one thing to look at. Now I'm going to get into four guys. I don't think anything's just about money for Tennessee and why they're my favorite. Everyone knows about Nico. He's not going to be on my list. Okay, we've talked a lot about him. He's a five-star quarterback. It's a great get for Tennessee. We've talked a lot about the money involved to get him also. But I've got three guys that are from the state of Tennessee. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, right? So three guys from the state of Tennessee, one guy from the state of Georgia, two on defense, two on offense that are my favorite players in this draft class. I'm going to start with Arion Carter from Smyrna High School in, in Rutherford County. He reminds me so much of a prime John Chavis linebacker. He was Mr. Football in the highest classification in high school football in the state of Tennessee. And he's a running back and linebacker. Al Wilson, Eric Westmoreland, Kevin Burnett, Kevin Simon. The list goes on and on. John Chavis loved him a six foot one, 225 pound, speedy, former high school running back turned linebacker. That is Arion Carter. There is a reason that Nick Saban is going to Smyrna High School on signing day, trying one last-ditch effort to sign this guy. That is a huge get for Tennessee, that they were able to keep Alabama away, and he chooses Tennessee over Alabama on signing day. I think he's going to be a terrific player, and he's probably going to start sooner rather than later at linebacker for Tennessee. Love that signing. Four-star guy, 15th-ranked linebacker in the country. Sticking on defense. And staying in Rutherford County, Caleb Herring from R- Riverdale High School. He's Elijah Herring's little brother. He's the bigger prospect of the two. Elijah Herring has been a pleasant surprise to staff. He's done very well on special teams. He's going to play at linebacker next year. Caleb Herring is a six foot five, 220 pound edge rusher that is the bigger prospect of the two. I think having the two brothers on the same team is always a good thing when you can have some family on the football team, some actual family, not just football family. But I I believe Tennessee to move forward as a program is going to have to get more explosive on defense. They got to get better edge rushers to do that. Byron Young has been really good. Tyler Barron has flashed at times, uh, but hasn't been great. Caleb Herring has the ability to be great and he's another in-state guy. Let's stick with in-state guys and move to offense. This is one that no one's really talking about, but I love this prospect. Deshaun Bishop, he is the second all-time leading rusher in the state of Tennessee in high school football. He's a two-time Mr. Football winner. He was headed elsewhere, and Tennessee came in kind of late and offered him and then really recruited him hard to get him to flip to come to Knoxville. He played at Carnes High School in Knoxville. He's a Knoxville kid. He is an explosive playmaker. Tennessee, what they've been lacking, and it shocks me, I think they had some of it with Tyon Evans, but he transferred after a year, had some academic issues at Tennessee. He goes to Louisville. That explosive playmaker at running back. Jabari Small is a good player. Jalen Wright is very fast and a good player. Dylan Sampson could be that explosive guy that I've been talking about as a freshman. But Deshaun Bishop has the ability to catch the ball in the backfield, make guys miss. He's a home run hitter as a runner. I think this could end up being the most underrated signing of this class and they got him very late in the process and right in the backyard of Neyland Stadium at Carnes High School. Love to Sean Bishop. Finally, Hutton, you know how I love basketball players that play football. Ethan Davis from Collins Hill High School in Georgia, a great high school program, not just for football, all athletics. Ethan Davis, a four-star tight end. He's going to play basketball for Rick Barnes, too. He's going to try to give it a go as a two-way star at Tennessee, 6'4", 225 pounds, and he is a Charles Barkley-level rebounder in high school. He is athletic, and he has talked about tight end is easy because it's just like boxing out and getting a rebound in basketball. So he is a guy you can throw it up to for big plays. I love him as a prospect. It is a position of need for Tennessee. He's going to need to put on some weight, but he, he could be playing very early as a freshman at Tennessee as, as a tight end. He is an explosive guy at that position. Those are my four players. Yeah, and speaking of basketball, we'll get into uh, Tennessee hoops starting next week on the Power Hour as SEC play will begin for the Vols. Um, But also, we'll be recapping Tennessee and Clemson. Chad, prediction time. Where do you come down on where Tennessee is right now going into the Orange Bowl versus what Clemson is expected to do? So I've gone from, you know, Hendon Hooker healthy 
and thinking about a matchup with Clemson at the time that was likely if they didn't get into the playoff. And I really like Tennessee's chances. I'm thinking this is a year where Tennessee could win by double digits against Clemson and, and a great program. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. Joe Milton playing in this game, the opt-outs now, including Jeremy Banks, the one time they played without him, they gave up 63 points to South Carolina. I get that Clemson lost to that same South Carolina team the next week. This is a recipe for bad things for Tennessee. I don't think they're going to stop Clemson enough defensively. I think Joe Milton is going to be Joe Milton. He's going to have some flashes where he looks brilliant, and he's going to fit the ball into a tight space with velocity, and he's going to overthrow wide-open receivers at times. I think Clemson wins by double digits. I'm going to go Tigers 42, Tennessee 31. I think they score some points in this game, but not enough because they're not going to be able to stop Clemson. I think it's single digits, but Clemson wins by nine. Like I think it's right there on that line, and it's it's exactly what you're saying. Uh, offense, good, not great, because Hendon Hooker's not playing. Chad, Happy New Year to you. Whenever we come back for the Tennessee Power Hour next week, we'll be previewing Titans and Jags. We'll be recapping Vols and Tigers, and we'll take a look at SEC hoops for the Tennessee Volunteers. For Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Happy New Year to all of you across the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Cheers, Hutt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com.